welcome to Transistor Radio, a story thus far podcast that's broadcasting everything trans. I'm your Transistor Athena. And I'm Transistor Erin. And we are back with another fabulous episode uh, <laughs> that is definitely not being recorded by two very sleepy people after a very long day at work. The very long, not. like it was a long weekend and then the work week just got worse once we got into it. It was, eh. Yeah, it's been a... It's been a week. It's two days, and it's already a shit week. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, I'm having an okay week. It's just nope. <laughs> long. Ugh. Anyway, what are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about a topic that you suggested, so I will let I you did. introduce it, because it's did. exciting. I did. So, um, being trans, being part of the LGBT community in general, especially... Uh, you will have people that are not trans or not familiar with parts of the LGBT community coming in and asking you for, well, they'll ask you random questions sometimes of blah, 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 blah. We all know some of the stereotypical stuff, but what you can also encounter are people coming to you for help and questions such as, I think I might be XYZ or I'm not sure about my XYZ. Can you help me because you are lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans, queer, any part of that. And so we wanted to talk about what you could do to help some people when they come to you for questions and stuff like that. So, A, show the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's this wonderful little podcast that you can reference called Transistor Radio, Broadcasting <laughs> Everything Trans. It's great. No, but yes, please. You don't have to. I'm just saying. Oh. Might, be, <laughs> might be beneficial. So, um... This is relevant in my life, as I have had actually more than one person come to me, not just speaking for trans issues, but for speaking of various issues about either dating experiences or uh, when it comes to the process that we've talked about a few times here of how do I do X part of transitioning and stuff. Uh, and I, I kind of want to get started with that today. So uh, one of the things that I find infinitely useful is I keep like all of the resources that I have used throughout my life that in all the important files like name change documents in the cloud I put them in a basket and put a balloon on the basket and then write a letter <laughs> to Google and say save my shit and then release it to the ether um, I, I have a resource list and it's not complete as I found out just last night of uh, useful people to talk to or people that I have talked to. Now it's very, sometimes it's very relevant to your location as I found most of mine was. But thankfully, a lot of the friends who are asking that kind of stuff of me are from the old location so I can still help. Uh, some things like, who's a therapist you have talked to? Is there a reason you did or did not go with them? Was it more than just price? Is there a place where I can get help for such and such products, for makeup, for this, for that, without having to Google a million things? And so uh, my my biggest piece of advice is build yourself a little library of like resources or things you found along the way. Like my name change letter I found is not on my cloud and that scares the shit out of me and I have to get that back up there because if I lose those papers they're gone and they're expensive and most mm -hmm. people most people will take a scan for certain things i think paypal for name change takes a scan of your papers and stuff so yeah yeah that's a really good advice i should have done that because <laughs> i don't have any of the resources really that I kept like, I'm, like, I'm like a digital hoarder i will admit that i like having like infinite amount of storage that i possibly can and making it portable so if my pc dies i still have it <laughs> 
You're talking to the girl who has seven terabytes of storage space in her heart in her PC. Or sorry, I, six. I have like six or seven hundred SD cards for my photos and mm-hmm. stuff that are all like thirty-two gigabytes and then, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, in hindsight, should have saved some of that stuff. Um, for me, it's like like if anyone needs a specific resource that I've used in the past, I can usually say like, here's who I went with and why, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really have like a just here's a resource that I found interesting or, or useful aside from what we've talked about on the podcast. So like, um, well, for me that a lot of that stuff is like contact info. I don't have any of that. Really? Yeah, no, I, I mean like I could figure out the contact info cause I could Google my therapist. That's true. That's and I could fun. like Google my surgeon, but yeah, I don't have, um, much in the way of contact info for old resources. Yeah. Um, so that's a really good idea. And I think as you're going through your transition, you being the listener, um, definitely consider holding on to resources like that. Um, because the thing that's interesting about giving advice as a trans person is you might be listening to this episode thinking that's never going to happen to me until it does. It eventually will like almost, and it may not be a personal friend like somebody. It very well could be. I feel like friends are probably the ones who are going to approach you if they're actually comfortable enough to ask these kind of things. You could get asked questions online or find somebody who's on some trans board or some board just in general being like, I don't know what to do about X. And you can be like, I can answer that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, in my, that. <laughs> as, as another example, you might have a friend of a friend. Um, so I had one of my friends came to me and confided in me and said, I have this trans friend and they're going through some rough shit and I want to help them, but I don't know how. Do you have any mm-hmm. resources I could read on, read up on of how I could help my friend. And so in that way, I wasn't directly giving advice to the trans person, but I was giving advice to a friend who came to me who needed advice that, you know, was trans related. And holding on to resources can be something very handy. So in this particular case, it was a local trans person. So I could say, hey, Indiana Transgender Network is a thing. Go look that up. Um, I should look into that. That's interesting. You you should. It's fabulous. And there are some resources I think you would find very helpful on there. but yeah, it is something where, you know, um, people might come to you for, for any number of questions and, uh, having a, a list of resources is certainly going to be very handy. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's so beneficial to have it linked to something that is cloud-based just because I've lived with the experience of my most vital records are on a hard drive that got melted or whatever. Uh, it got water poured on it in a rainstorm or something like that. Like some weird shit happens to PCs sometimes and it's just got to be, you know, taken care of. So I pay Google a dollar a month for a hundred gigabytes and I just upload documents or uh, usually PDFs of documents and all that kind of stuff. And, um, I used the letter from my therapist to my doctor to get on HRT just this week to give my friend information on therapists in their area. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like I went through and was like, okay, I lost their contact info. Fuck. Uh, one sec. And I went to there and was able to pull it out because it's their signature and all that. Mm-hmm. So like that, that's really useful. Um, I think this is, I guess, transitioning to my next part of stuff, but I, the second most useful thing I honestly think is listen more than talk. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, and I, I would, I would agree with that one a hundred percent. I mean, there are exceptions, but um, yeah, you, don't don't give them dead air if they ask you a question. Like, yeah, but but like, it's really easy as a trans person to say, oh yeah, I had this exact same issue, and here's exactly how I fixed it, and really go off and here's how to, to tell your solve life story. this problem and tell your life story. Yeah. But what I've often found is if you jump into that conversation too early, that conversation may be very valuable and likely is because oftentimes the questions trans people ask are ones that every trans person encounters. There, there are many questions it, that we get asked that everyone asks. Your story is going to have relevant information. That is a guarantee. Yeah. But is it going to be relevant at this time, at this length, and with this much info barf. <laughs> well, and more specifically, I, I don't want to tell people to not, you know, talk a lot if they think it'll be helpful. What I'm trying to get at here is it's important to listen first because mm -hmm. it's, it's entirely possible that you might misjudge a situation off the first five sentences when the next five they were going to say would have made you give much better advice. Yep. And I think um, it can be really easy as a trans person, if especially if you are long along in your transition a particular way or you've you've gone through a lot um personally it can be really easy to find the similarities and assume that that means they need the same solution whereas mm -hmm. they might come to an entirely different conclusion because this is a very personal journey and so listening to them and letting them lay out their full problem and everything that's encounter that that's, that's being encountered um can can really help guide how you give advice in a given situation. Yeah, I, I, I'm in a visualization mood, I guess. I, I think of them as everybody has like an entire field of stepping stones that they can take to get from point A to point B that is their transition. And for some people, the ground may have been nice and solid and firm when they took a step on that stone. And then you'd say, oh, use that one. And it's been rainy. And they take a step and they slip and have some problems. Like it's going to be... A similar journey with similar paths but some paths may not be opportune for one reason or another so that's always a good reason to listen as much as you can and when they actually ask like direct questions of hey what was your experience with this then go off like i had one recently that was like hey what was that day you knew like i was able to you know it also helped that we've talked about this on the podcast infinitum yeah i that's it. <laughs> um and, and so I was able to kind of give that a summary. And they were like, yeah. And then I, and then they went off on their uh, explanation of it. And I think that's, if I had just like rambled on about myself, I would have been a lot more, a lot less helpful, a lot more conversational than assisting, if that makes more sense. Yeah, for sure. And I think like um, there, there are cases where you're, and I think here's a good way to phrase and, and think of this. Um, so here's two examples that, that have been asked to me. So one is, hey, you went to this therapist. Why did you go to that therapist? And that was a case where I was like, okay, here's everything that I liked about the therapist and why I fell into that. And I, I went into like a 20 minute long thing. And it's like, well, I found them through this website, which is a great resource. And then, you know, I stayed with them because of this reason and this reason and this reason. And we really hit it off and I felt like we had a connection and that made it a lot easier to talk to them about this sort of thing. And so that's a case where sharing my full experience was was very relevant and, and useful there. And also just side thing, whenever you're talking about therapists, I always recommend like it's important to 
I would always say if someone asks you for advice on a therapist, really stress the fact that it's important for them to do research on a therapist that they like because picking a therapist is a really personal thing. And just because the therapist that you went to is like your best therapist ever and you can't imagine going to anyone else doesn't mean that their mm -hmm. style of being, a, their, their style of therapy is going to line up with what the yeah. other person needs. But let's contrast that. So the, the, the first example is, um, you know, why did you go with a specific therapist? With another question I was asked fairly recently, which is, have you ever heard of this SRS surgeon before? Or have you ever considered this actually, SRS surgeon? I see a ton of those questions on transports. Yeah, and, and you know, they're asking about a very specific SRS surgeon. And in that case, I don't wanna say, you know, nope, never heard of him. I went with this surgeon and then jump into the 20 minute tirade about why I went with my surgeon because it's a very different question. So in the second example of have you ever heard of this this SRS surgeon I didn't there, there's a lot of choices and a lot of decision that goes into picking an SRS surgeon and so when I was asked about have you heard of this surgeon I wanted to say no I haven't for a few reasons first off I wanted to encourage that person to do research on the this on the surgeon themselves because uh, an SRS surgeon is a permanent choice you can't undo that like I can go get a different therapist I can't go get a different vagina um, like I only got the one shot I can take um, so, and also, um, I don't want to say like, no, I've never heard of that surgeon and I didn't go with them or, or I, I went with this surgeon instead. Like, I don't want to make it seem like I know more about that surgeon than I'm indicating because especially when the fact that like in the SR, especially in the U S there are surgeons that you should absolutely avoid. Like Broussard, I think is one of them. Um, I haven't actually looked into that. So. Yeah, I might be misremembering, but um, there are some surgeons, like definitely if you are considering SRS, do your research before you go somewhere and look at examples and read up because there are surgeons who are really not qualified to be doing the surgery and have horrific side effects. And correct me if I'm wrong, most have like a portfolio or something to see the work they've done in the past. Is that right? Some do, some don't. And okay. for me, it was a requirement that they did. Because, I, I can't imagine yeah. trusting someone that doesn't have photos of that kind of work. That's yeah, it's super like, delicate. Yeah, part of a, a sex organ is how it looks and I want it to look nice. So <laughs> I needed to see examples. Um, and I think that's really, it's, it's really important in that thing to do your own research and understand it. So if, if I'd done research on that surgeon and been like, yeah, I found this surgeon and here's why I didn't go with them, I would have definitely jumped into it. Um, but I felt like it was more valuable in that particular circumstance to say, no, I haven't seen that surgeon. Um, and I think like there are, there are, again, like it also, how you answer these sorts of questions depends on who the person is that you're having, you know, a discussion with. But I, I, I think it does also, there are ways that that question can be asked such of like, such as for example, um, you know, you, the question might've been phrased of, have you ever heard of this SRS surgeon? Um, if not, how did you pick yours? Right? Like somebody might ask you that kind of mm -hmm. question. And then now you can start adding your own experience and, and, and share and explain like, here's the qualities I looked for. Right. Exactly. And I think that's, that's a very, very versatile and very important kind of conversation to have, especially if they're just coming in for that and not looking for like support over their sort of like validation of, Hey, I found this. Is this okay? Have you heard stuff? Cause I'm only finding good stuff, you know? So yeah, for sure. And, you know, maybe if they ask it like that, you can say, well, um, here's what I did when I was looking up my mm -hmm. surgeon and say, here's the things I looked for. And then that might say like, oh, I didn't even consider, mm -hmm. you know, this aspect. So I should go research that part of it. Yep. There's a lot of 
a lot of a lot of moving parts to consider for sure for yeah. sure and don't i i will say um it is possible to overshare like for sure but think about you as a trans person what you would have wanted to hear when you were asking similar questions mm-hmm. because you're probably getting asked a question that you had to answer for yourself yeah i kind of and wanna... it is super okay to overshare in 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 those sorts of circumstances i mean within reason like don't be like okay well so you need so, to know your boundaries yeah. with the person you're talking to yeah for <laughs> sure but it is like i w- i would recommend definitely be cautious but don't worry if you share too much because i know for me personally like more information was always better i i'm more of the mindset of if they're asking you something this kind of that questions that can be just deeply personal they are already in that mindset of anticipating a personal answer and some fabric so like again read the room know the person you're talking to in a sense but i i would take them coming to me for that kind of advice on an intimate subject to be getting an intimate answer so that's that's kind of how i would feel that and i i want want to jump off that point of what you said of give the answer that you would have wanted at that stage of going into that kind of mindset of keep in mind where their head's probably at when they're coming to you for any advice if they are questioning gender if they're questioning sexuality like they are probably really nervous and not feeling very grounded so i i i like to give the do my best to make them feel comfortable a talking about it with me but like i, I want them to feel grounded I, I try to think back to how i felt on that day or having to talk to somebody about it and be like hey and blah 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 and it's a little different because i didn't have anybody who was to my knowledge openly lgbt and certainly not anybody that i knew that was trans to talk about these kind of stuff and my resource was like youtube trans people which there's some good stuff on there, but there's also some bad stuff, and you don't know what you're going to get with internet stuff. Knowing somebody personally, you can ask personal questions and feel a little safer having somebody in your world you can talk to. I feel like we've talked about that, about getting some support networks just around anybody you can tell. So I think just really try to go back into your head and be like, okay, they are just questioning. They are X point transition. They are asking this kind of question, which there's a good chance you have asked yourself or asked somebody else this kind of questions and stuff. So, like, try to put yourself in their shoes. See what you think they might be looking for, either reassurance first and then an answer or just an answer. And just, I mean, we're trying to help, you know. Mm -hmm. And we want to make sure that they're getting the support they need, not just factually. Like, I tried this and it was good. But, like, emotionally, you know, it's an emotional time. Yeah, for sure. I also want to jump off that a little bit of saying, I I want to emphasize the fact that it is important to know when to recommend that they seek professional help. Um, and, And what I specifically want to say is a therapist is key to a lot of transition in the, in the United States at the very least. And obviously it varies by location. Um, some people, you know, you might not need a therapist, but I know here in the United States, much of what you need to do as a trans person is locked behind a therapist anyways. There's a lot of gatekeeping. Well, yes. And also just like most doctors require a recommendation letter. Like there is so much stuff that you kind of need to talk to a therapist about anyways, just literally, that it's important to recommend. Like I personally, one of the first things I recommend, especially if it's a questioning person is like, I cannot 
emphasize enough how important it is to get a therapist. My my go-to answer is almost always the only person who can tell you you are trans is going to be yourself. And one of my best recommendations is to seek out professional help to help you figure that out. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I think that's a really good way to phrase it. Um, it. It can sometimes feel like you have to provide all the answers and it's okay to know when you as a trans person can't answer their questions and that the person who could is probably a professional. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's critical because you probably know better than anyone as, as a trans person what it was that got you to accept you were trans. And for me, the only way I could have done that journey is with the help of a therapist. I never would have accepted it on my own. And so that is one of the reasons I am so strong to recommend it. But then also I know that, yes, I can give advice and, and, and input, but I, I am not capable of giving professional medical help. And exactly many times trans people require professional medical help because like HRT is a thing you can't do on your own. And mm -hmm. Dealing with dysphoria and, is a thing you might not be able to do on your own. And I, I, I just interject that idea of like, if there was, if you could go to Walmart and get an HRT kit, you could get everything you need, no permission, whatever. My recommendation would still be go see a gender therapist first off so that you can help figure out what is going to help and what is going to be right for you. Yeah. Like this is just... It was one of those things when I first started to transition that I was like, this would be nice. This would be good to help me along. I think it's like vital. It was vital to me to have that kind of support and have that sort of guidance in a sense, help me kind of figure myself out in a really volatile time. I don't think it's going to be uh, probably as vital for everybody because I worked through a lot of issues in those sessions uh, because my experience is my own and your experience is going to be your own. But my best advice and i think if you only get one thing from this podcast ever it is going to be if you are questioning stuff like that find a trusted gender therapist and help them or have them help you figure stuff out <laughs> yeah absolutely i also think another reason to bring it up in advice is there 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 are people who view therapy as something that only people who have stuff wrong with them go mm -hmm. and do and so it's important to say like this is a totally normal thing to do. It's important to go do if you think it matters. And so helping to normalize it and then also bringing it up in conversation means that you can be there for them as an ally if they're not comfortable going to a therapist on your own. You can say like, hey, I, I really recommend professional medical help. And if they're not comfortable doing that on their own, then you can be a, a supportive force to, to help them go and feel comfortable in that situation. Because mm -hmm. So I know there are people out there you know, I have friends who have been through this and I have friends who have helped friends uh, go through this where the person just was uncomfortable in therapy situations for any number of reasons. And that's also okay. But having a shoulder to lean on and a person to go with you to the waiting room and sit there and be just be there as a supportive friend is really important. And so bringing that topic up can potentially help uncover a lot of reasons they may have been worried about going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not saying like if somebody comes to you with advice, with asking for advice, you're just like, go seek a therapist. Like that is not the answer to every question. Yeah, don't tell them to like fuck off and <clears throat> see a therapist. Like yeah, but that's it not is, what we're saying. It is the answer to some questions and it's okay 
to give that answer of saying like, I want to help, but I think the best thing for it is to go seek a therapist and, mm -hmm. you know, let me help you find one or, I, or help you go to one. I, in a sense, in a weird sort of way, I sort of think of it like a first responder kind of thing of we're not there to be the lifesaver. We're there to help you along and get you to the lifesaver so that they can do their thing. We're there to help you be sustained so that you can get the help you need or we're there to get you fine if you don't really need that kind of help or whatever. So I yeah. guess that's where the analogy breaks down, but still. Still, like, it, well, I mean, like, yeah, I think it's still a good analogy. Okay. It is a good analogy of being like, you are a first responder. You are there to provide advice. And if the situation is super critical, you are there to help them get to the person who mm -hmm. can get them out of a critical we, situation. We make tourniquets out of t-shirts and bras, and that's not proper medical stuff. So No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I can get us there so anyway that's that's uh that oh, i like that talk that was a good that was <laughs> so, good i like that a lot yeah so i i really hope you just kind of i i really want i keep going back to this putting yourself in their shoes of what you felt like at that point i think that is such a very important thing and the one thing that i really needed to hear was you really need to get on looking for that therapist it was one of the first things i did and i still think i had too too long of a time from when i was like questioning and figuring things out to that because i could have saved myself a lot of heartache and i did save myself a lot of heartache and pain in the way so i love it mm -hmm. i still i still miss my therapist your therapist was phenomenal my you told me lots of good stories about my you. therapist is very we talk about finding the right therapist and that's not just like qualifications wise they all have different personalities uh Mine was like super down to earth and very adaptive to what you needed. But the thing was like our personalities just kind of clicked. So it was like, I'm feeling this and she would go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then give me the advice and delivered it a message that I like totally related with at a hundred percent. And like it, it, those tiny things, you can get the same advice in a different way and it can be more or less helpful depending on how it's delivered and how connected you feel to the person that's delivering it you know you can get some great advice from the old man in the uh bus stop or you can get great advice from an elderly family member you're really close to and they're the same age the same advice it's just who's delivering it might have a different way of giving that message to you and you might be more receptive or less receptive depending on that so it's hard to shop around for a therapist it gets expensive but yeah it can be um emails think, help <laughs> and i think that's why like again um if you are a trans person who's who's been to a gender therapist, you can say like, here's what I looked for. Here's mm -hmm. how I did my research. Here's how I found mine. And that is something that, that you've been through this before. And I think that's important to keep in mind. Like, yes, again, professionals are super important, but you've lived this. You, if, if somebody comes to you asking for help on trans issues, you've been there, you've done it. Mm -hmm. And or if you haven't done it yet, you are probably considering how you do it yourself. And that means you are a uniquely positioned person to help in these sorts of situations. And it is very nice to know that, that people would want your advice. Like that's mm -hmm. a very nice thing. Yeah. But then also like, it means that you can potentially do a lot of good. And I know for me personally, um, my transition is largely built on the backs of trans people who were there to provide advice when I needed it. And I don't think I could have gotten as far as I did, AKA to the end of my transition without <laughs> seeing and interacting with other trans people who'd been through the exact same thing I did. Yep. And sometimes as a trans person, that's all you need to hear. 
sometimes all you need to hear is I struggled with this too and this is what I went through and that is enough to help you get to the next stage of your transition yep I, I totally agree with that uh, I guess I'm bouncing off to a random topic here and it's very short but this is just something I do I don't know if you do this I don't know if you've ever thought of doing this or not but the second any of this stuff like starts being talked about like I want to talk to you about trans stuff and it could just be they have a random question about some random topic but from like the moment of that conversation until that conversation happens and I know what we're talking about I actually switch to gender neutral pronouns so like they are feeling more welcome. Well that's a good idea. And I, I do my best to avoid their current name whatever that is um, but I try not to sound robotic because mm-hmm. if you take away honorifics if you take away their names and nicknames and things like that, it can sound very, what do you wish to speak with me, human? <laughs> See, like, I, I will say, I am the kind of person who never uses a name in conversation anyways, so I'm lucky mm. on that front. <laughs> um, but what I usually do is when somebody says, hey, I think I might be trans, I just switch pronouns. Mm. Like... If, now, if they say, like, I think I might be non-binary, I switch to, obviously, non-binary pronouns. Mm-hmm. Or I ask them, like, hey, what do you want to be referred as? In fact, that's usually one of the first requ- first questions that I ask back when somebody says, I'm still questioning. One of my mm-hmm. first questions is almost always, how do you want to be referred to? Do you have a name? Do you have yep. pronouns? Um, not in any sense of, like, you have to know this, but just, I want to not make you uncomfortable. Yep. How can I do that? I... I so agree with that one of the and i don't like start out the conversation with that i eventually ask it if i feel like oh it's we're about to end this conversation and i don't know this yet i go i just ask him hey it's cool if you don't have this info just yet i just want to check so that i make conversation with you comfortable have you thought about using any different pronouns any different names that i need to know about it's totally okay to say no it's totally okay to say yes and it's okay not to have any answer at all it's just i blunt information to make sure you're okay yeah so i ask it like that and I think the gender neutral thing, I did the gender neutral thing before I even realized I was trans. <laughs> so like if I was talking to somebody, I didn't want to be like, hey, this is a, what's a random name, Jay Gale. I didn't want to go, Miss Gale, how are you doing? And it's some guy who responds going, actually, it's Mr. and blah, 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 or vice versa or something else. Like I didn't want that awkwardness coming up, especially in like professional settings and personal settings or whatever. So I tried to default to being like how are you doing or your child your parent your sibling whatever so i I guess people thought it was weird for that because it did make my language a little stilted when i was less practiced with it but i i I default to gender neutral now most of the time it's a good idea it's worthwhile (laughs) doing because just the number of times where it would make somebody so much less uncomfortable yeah or uncomfortable is is or so much more comfortable Mm -hmm. is absolutely worth the payoff of occasionally having slightly stilted language right and it doesn't have to be stilted i was just i was stupid i was like 20 and stupid so well yes (laughs) i mean described 20 year old me was also very stupid yeah so it was not the use of it it was how i was using it kind of thing it sounded way overly formal for certain situations so yeah i got better but i i I find it's just it makes conversation easier (laughs) it literally does it's just like oh yeah and my cousin they were saying about this and they were doing this it's just use they one of my pet peeves recently is i see in so many professional language he 
he and or she. I'm just like, just use they. Yeah. First off, so many syllables are being spent right now that don't need to be spent. So much ink is being wasted right now. Just say they. Just they. We're fine. Yep. We have a word for it. It works. We're fine. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, it's just like, it's a good habit to get into of using they yeah. and them appropriately. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense. And again, the number of times where I'm like, I wish I'd practiced. I wish I'd just done they them more often for when i run into non-binary people because i inevitably make a stupid mistake and i'm like if you were used to doing this already it would be fine <laughs> just <laughs> fix it and i'm like yep. i gotta fix it and of course the same advice we always get if you get it wrong don't make a big yep. deal out of it yep 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 we've talked about it. it makes it awkward it's going he sorry they is way better than saying he's sorry oh shit i'm i'm a terrible per- i'm a monster i fucked that up. i'm so sorry like it makes don't it... emphasize it so many people do that in books the shit. number of times where my mom has accidentally called me my sister's name even before transition <laughs> like shit happens normally it's fine mm-hmm. it's... it just it just it's a thing just let it pass it's fine it's a conversation thing it anyway. is not a mountain to die on it is a little <laughs> tiny molehill it's fine don't like, trip over the molehill yeah. and think, oh, God, I'm a horrible person. I didn't you, see this tiny molehill. You heard it here. Do not feel bad for stepping on moles. All right. Now. <laughs> no, wait. That's not what I meant. Don't step on moles. Don't step also, on moles. They're adorable. the people you should feel bad about it are the people who are doing it intentionally. So if you are intentionally crushing some cute little moles home, a.k.a. saying the wrong pronoun intentionally, then you are a terrible person and deserve to feel like a monster because you are. But don't call attention to it. Don't intentionally hurt moles. No, and don't accidentally hurt them either, but it's okay if it's accidental. (laughs) This has gone off the rails. (laughs) Consider the moles is all that I'm saying. Think of their little lives. I want a mug that just says consider the moles. (laughs) And then the back of it says, shit, sorry, no, they, and it's just that. (laughs) Don't like it. Oh my God, no, it's even better. It's like... Uh, it's it's on the back. It's just a drawing of a person who accidentally stepped on a mole and then saying, oh, God, I'm so sorry. Let me avoid stepping on your mole hill. And then, like, accidentally, and then is like, stepping on the mole and stepping on the mole It's harder. like one of those fucking Grecian vases that it just has the entire story just printed along the side. This is the story of how a person called attention to how much of an asshole they were being. Oh or we get a specially made coffee mug with a single mole in the bottom of it. Oh, my God, yes. Okay, so moles. <laughs> so uh, whenever, so so just this just in the the uh, story thus far official merch page when it goes live we'll first have a coffee mug with moles on it. Free the moles. <laughs> Free the moles. <laughs> consider the moles. Oh my god. Yes. And the the consider it's the moles M-O-L. will be written in the style of consider this from Bill Nye the Science Guy. No, it's just M O L. Oh my god. <laughs> Is that a chemistry reference? Yes, it's a chemistry No! Reference. Get your chemistry <laughs> shit out of here! <laughs> Fuck off with your chemistry! Everything is shit in chemistry. Yes! Chemistry. Literally. Chemically. Chemically, it sucks dick. Chemistry. No, that's a physical reaction. <laughs> Good point. That would explain why I like physics so much. Oh my but god. Doom. My god. Uh, <laughs> do you have any more topics? Uh, I... I don't know. I think, I think we covered a lot of giving advice on trans folks. I think 
just to, to reiterate, I think the number one thing is is knowing when to recommend professional help, but then also knowing when sharing a lot of personal details is okay. Because sometimes, sometimes they really do just want a quick answer and spending the next 20 minutes discussing all the intricacies of how you considered picking out your perfect vagina is sometimes a little over the top in the yep. given the context, but other times it is really critical. So it can be a little hard. Uh, sometimes it's as easy as saying, hey, you know, here's the quick answer. If you want a longer answer, I'm more than happy to provide mm-hmm. one. And know what their boundaries are, know what your boundaries are, and do your best to respect them. You know? Well, I will say, like, yes, it's important to keep in mind, but it's also okay to go into one of these conversations without knowing that answer. Because, you know, you might be asked by somebody you haven't had a real conversation. Maybe there's a coworker and you've had, like, one passing conversation with them, but they know you're trans because you've been transitioning and mm-hmm. they want to ask you questions. And so it's okay to not know their boundaries. It's yeah. really important to know yours. But it is okay yes. to not know their boundaries and just treat it like whatever you would normally with that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's someone you never met before, treat it like you would normally with a stranger yeah. and just be considerate and think like, hey, you know, if you want more details, I'm more than happy to provide yep. them, that sort of thing. Yep. I think the message I really want to just leave behind is these people are, A, coming to you because they think that you might be able to help them. They're, I very, very much doubt that they're going to be saying, giving you this sort of intimate detail about their own personal struggles if they, you know, didn't trust you to some extent to have an appropriate answer. Uh, but also, they're in a very... Uh, I I want to use the word turmoil, but just I'm very emotional. Yeah, kind of emotional time, fragile, potentially, like like they're in a, a a tight place. Yeah, and so take that into consideration of how their feelings can be affected, how your feelings were affected. There's growing pains, even if that growing process turns out they are not trans, they are cis. It's and exploration period that is essentially groping around a spiky cave in the dark at times and you are going to get unintentionally hurt in some ways and so just be mindful and try to take care of them you know yeah for sure that being said i personally like giving advice when people ask me i wouldn't have started a podcast with aaron if i didn't oh i'm totally saying give advice i think it is it is absolutely worthwhile don't be afraid to do it and and it is it is very nice and fulfilling and it gives me a warm feeling when i give successful advice and people come back and say it helped and i'm like yay yes did it help emotional support and advice that is that is my message not one or the other but both so yes all right with that i think that's everything i wanted to say on this topic aaron is there anything you wanted to say before we move on to our really silly thing no let's move on to a really silly thing what's our really silly thing because you picked it it's a thing and i love it it's so good and oh my god i read like 17 chapters last night just you, sitting on the couch did you read the entire thing last no, night? no there's like 60 chapters holy shit it's really it's got an anime too supposedly what yeah i want to check it out it's why it's why i mentioned it's like i want to get my country world subscription thing again on my phone but completely unrelated but the audio wave of what is super satisfying oh my god yeah. <laughs> all right carry on so what we're talking about for a really silly thing is a thing that i just like fell in love with last night i had recommendations from all sorts of youtube youtube on people uh it is that time i got turned into a slime i believe is the exact name of it i'm gonna pull it up just to be sure i think it's that time i got reincarnated as a slime actually 
Let's see. Yep, that time I got reincarnated as a slime, which is a really long manga and anime title. Uh, a fabulous title, though. It is a fabulous title. It On the surface, it looks like your typical, for those who are unfamiliar with the terminology, isekai, which is just somebody from another world comes into a different world. For instance, a video game world or, like, a fantasy world, usually. it's And isekai is usually full of, like uber strong super sexy everybody loves them jesus like protagonist that can't do any wrong and this one he's a slime (laughs) is like a good person and like that's it's just so wholesome the entire way through and i love it because like his first experience outside this is all like the first 10 pages his first experience of this whole thing is him realizing oh there's somebody i can talk to here and he makes a friend and then he goes on and he's like ah okay he's scary but he's actually kind of cool and he just like starts talking to him and then eventually he comes out and he's like oh cool there's a whole bunch of actual monsters here they don't look you know bad Let's just chill with him. And, like, they, they, he goes around helping, and where there's been, like, all sorts of wars between such and such race and this kind of monster and that kind of monster, he, like, makes peace. And it's super cool and wholesome and really funny. Uh, it's, like, Athena Kinetes, because I was, like, literally laughing out loud at moments. She was. <laughs> I could hear her over my music. It's just so wholesome and cute. And there's... The art is just amazing, too. I have not seen the anime yet. I kind of want to watch it, but I'm just reading the manga, and the manga's super fucking good. So that time, I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I have no idea how I'll link to this in the description. I have no idea either, honestly. I don't know. So if there's not a link, I will just give the title, and then you can do some Googling. Trust me, there is only one thing with this title. (laughs) Probably so, only one thing. I can this almost title. guarantee it's the only. Thing I don't know how time. much fan art there is. There might be people who are really into that slime. You know what? <laughs> Just saying, the internet is a dark and scary place. Don't you look at my subscriptions? <laughs> ah, too late. I looked. Oh You're into some great shit. Oh my god. I mean kinky shit. No. Oh Fuck. Anyway, it's really wholesome. It's really sweet. I am. Um, I don't know how many chapters in, but I've been loving it. So. Go check it out, read it wherever you can read it, watch it wherever you can watch it. It is super cute and super wholesome and nice. It's basically all about believing in other people and teaching other people to be awesome. So it's super cute. That's amazing. Yes. That sounds fabulous. All right. So that was the manga. It's Uh, also very appropriate for this episode. Yeah, it is. Uh, So that was the manga. How I, that one time, wait, wait, that one time I got reincarnated as a slime. Just that time, but yeah. That time I got reincarnated as a slime. I'll get there eventually. It'll be in the description. We'll get it right. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's everything that I wanted to say. Aaron, is there anything else that you wanted to say? I love our trans siblings. I love our trans siblings too. Speaking of things that are wholesome and cute, our trans siblings. <laughs> anyway, with that, this has been Transistor Radio, broadcasting everything trans, a story thus far network podcast. If you have topics you'd like us to talk about, please send us an email at staff at storythusfar.com with TSR or Transistor Radio in the subject line. You can also tweet at us uh, at our Twitter page, which is at Story Thus Far, or contact us via Facebook at facebook.com slash Story Thus Far. I changed my name. It's also Aaron is tweeting now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Aaron's is Aaron is tweeting, and I'm Athena Thus Far. Uh, so you can also follow our individual accounts on Twitter. But anyway, if you're like me and can't remember anything for more than 30 seconds, you can always head to www.storythusfar.com to find everything that I just mentioned and even more great content. 
But anyway, that's it for this episode. We hope you'll join us next time. But until then, it's time for us to end transmission. Bye! probably won't hear that last one's gonna be smothered by music no no we have about one to three seconds after you say bye for us to just be totally inaudible compared to everything else well you know what for those of you that were listening really closely you're great thanks for listening this was a great episode you're a great episode have fun enjoy your evening we're an asmr channel now oh fuck no i don't like asmr Shit. No! Not the scratchy scratchy! Oh yeah, that's great. After whispering, let's just scream at the top of our lungs. <laughs> I'm a loud person, okay? <laughs> Screaming is all that I know.